Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Set no sound. Good morning, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition of Akdung Millwall, the third in succession, um, including the, a fair chunk of today's edition, which was one that Neil and I recorded um, regarding the FA charges that have also happened this week, or the, the FA inquiry into, into the Wigan game. Joining me um, to do this re-recorded introduction, because a large slice of what we spoke about the other day has been superseded by the news that's dominated me all these past few days. But joining me to show over the cut again, it's Neil Fissler. How are you, Neil? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Do you know this is the second time where we've had to scrap a show after a management sacking? What was the other one? Was that, was that Harris when Harris went? I can't What was the other I one? I it was Ian Holloway. When okay. I believe it was one of my first ever appearances Right. Well, going back, well, that will be back to twenty twenty fifteen. I think it was Holloway that when when he went. So, oh wow. Yeah, um, and I didn't even know what a podcast was. He said, "Do you fancy having all that wall and talking about your dislike of Holloway?" And uh, I believe we recorded it one evening. Yeah. And unless I'm very much mistaken. I think as we were recording it, Millwall were announcing that Holloway left. <laughs> and, we didn't, and we didn't know. And uh, all, all of a sudden we came off and I think we had to uh, hastily... Uh, Re-record. Yeah. Now you say that, it's coming back to me. I, I'd completely forgotten that, listeners. But yeah, I think you're, you're right, Neil. Um, that's, wow. Time flies. That was eight years ago now. Um it's incredible how we rattle these shows up, really. Um, but there we are. Yeah, um, we're obviously speaking, listeners, in the aftermath of the departure of Gary Rowett, Neil. Um, I was listening to a really, it's actually quite a good interview. Simon Jordan and Jim White on TalkSport were, were in conversation with Gary Rowett. I think this was must have been yesterday, the clip that's doing the rounds on social media. Um it seems to be, I mean, I'm really struck by the, the amicable nature of the parting. It feels like a divorce that everyone's will remain friends afterwards. One of those odd, odd kind of um, breakups where you wonder why you're breaking up at times. But it does, it was very amicably done. He, he came over well, I thought, Gary Rowett in his interview. I don't know if you heard it. I heard it live yesterday. I thought he said an awful lot without saying an awful lot as per normal with him. 
uh, it's a little bit of word salad, isn't it? Mm. A few management phrases in there, and I think he probably had to. I think he probably had to do it because he sees his future in yeah, yeah, his immediate future in the media. He said uh, that, didn't he? Yeah, he said he, he sees a, an immediate, immediate media future for himself rather than back into management. Been amicable in many ways because otherwise there would have been all kinds of confidentiality clauses. Yeah, uh, this, that, and the other in payoffs and. I don't know. We did a show the other day, and or yeah, well, in, yeah, well, in the immediate aftermath, I think within about mm. half an hour, I yeah. think we were recording, weren't we? Yeah, with the news breaking, and I don't know. I still think there's something, there's something not being said. Right. It, it just seems the. The timing to me still seems very, very, very strange, considering that we've just had an international break. Yes. I thought that to announce it on what Wednesday night was it? Was yeah, it and we we're early kickoff at Preston on Saturday, so time is tight, isn't it? To say the least. Um, yeah, I agree. The timing does seem very, very odd. Um, what lies behind that, we, we, we're not going to know. I think maybe some some things stay behind closed doors and maybe they seep out in time. I don't know. But um, I do agree. It's preordained. Why not just try and limp through till the next, I think it's five weeks to the next international break, isn't it, or something like that? Uh, is there one in November? There is one in November, I think, mid-November. Um, yeah. So, so could you have not have got everything lined up and then gone then i don't know it just or even gone last week i i, I don't know i'm quite cynical mm. yeah which come as great surprise that will come as a shock to a lot of our listeners neil <laughs> it just seems odd the timing of it seems odd i don't know if he's gone up north or gone back home after Last week, he mentioned uh, his family. I mean, his, his boy was eleven when he's come to Millwall. I mean, he's talking about Millwall as though it's some kind of like he's gone into the across the the Iron Curtain or something. I mean, it's only a couple of hours drive down the road. It's not that far. Um, I, family pressure, I get. You know, I, I understand that. But then that's football. You're in the wrong business, Neil. If you're looking for a settled home life, aren't you? I've never fully understood why he hasn't brought his family down to London. And, well, it's same with Ryan Lowe down here in Plymouth. Yeah. He didn't ever move his family down, but Schumacher did. Schumacher got the job. Yeah. Uh, it, it just seems that, okay, it's a couple of hours up the road. It's not exactly a great distance. He probably could commute it, mm. to be quite honest. But to live most of the week in Canary Wharf. I think he's got two older children, hasn't he? He's mentioned an older boy, yeah, who who stays with him uh, at this place he's got in Canary Wharf. So, you know, it doesn't sound like a bad setup. I mean, I'll be absolutely honest with you, listeners. I mean, I I get the familial pressure. And he mentioned in the interview with Simon Jordan, Neil, that his daughter wants to go skiing, which he couldn't have done if he was still in the football season. So I get that you, you get to do stuff like that if you're not in the football world, but that's... You know, he's known about the football world since he was a kid because he's, he's played and he's managed. So none of that comes as, as a surprise. And I, I take your point. 
about the timing. It's it, it's very awkwardly timed. Um, and we will come on to the, the, the betting of the, the current favourites very, very shortly. But, um, you know, it, 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 I think it's as much as the club are trying to pretend that it was all, um, I don't know, you know, a, a, a recruitment process, it almost implies it was planned. It does seem to have come out of nowhere. Adam Barrett um, said he was, it was number two. In, in his in his staff seems seems to have been shocked by the departure. So um, it does seem rather unplanned, doesn't it? I don't know if he's gone home and maybe things have been said. I don't know. It just maybe seems, maybe it just seems that oh, it, yeah. Well, you normally do things at the start of an international window, not <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. I mean, do if you haven't heard the interview, listeners, do have a check. It's on Talksport. I did retweet it. If you go onto my feed, you'll find it on there under the, um, uh, I think it goes under the reply section. But anyway, you'll you'll find it one way or the other if you don't look on my one. But um, one thing I do hope, actually, now that he's gone, I do hope that H doesn't end up writing uh, his history of Millwall <laughs> and Millwall career in 20, 30 years' time, because I think that we should be looking upon his tenure, not with any great amount of fondness because of the standard of football and the the football that was played, but he stabilised us as a championship side. We're now an established championship side. He led two finishes of eighth place one of I think we've had two with under eighth as did Neil Harrison with different kinds of football but you're right um we've established ourselves as a with an expectation that we compete at the top end of the championship you know we've we've tried and failed a few times he makes that point in the interview I I don't know I'm I'm, I know what you mean Neil um I feel mixed about Gary Rowett's tenure because on the one hand as we've said a few times on these little succession of shows that you know in the ripples after him going um on the one hand we've established ourselves and we're looking at eighth position maybe fighting for that sixth spot you know to, to get into the playoffs but um, I can't say I've enjoyed it for a long time either. So I'm, I'm rather mixed, and I, it asks questions of you as a football fan. How, you know, how far do you re- the results versus entertainment debate is a, like a tension in the game between uh, being watching a spectacle or the the kind of the one nil um, dead kind of result focus, if you if that makes any sense. So it asks questions of you as to what what you want to see it. When you go to watch football, um, everyone... age comes into it a lot. Now we're of an age, yeah. Or you're certainly older than me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, where you go to the football, you don't go up and you don't meet mates for three hours before the game and yeah. three hours after the game. It's pretty much home football, home again. Yeah, yeah. To get to the age where you start to think, actually, I'm not enjoying this. I could be sat in the warm. Yeah, doing something that you're enjoying or watching something you're enjoying or whatever the case yeah. may be. So it exactly. poses questions. That's, that's why I think it'll be a mixed, a mixed kind of. Um, I, th- I think he used the word in the in the interview with Talksport on Talksport um, that he, he's built a platform, and that's I think he has built a platform. Whether you enjoy watching a platform built is, is probably the question you've got to answer individually, isn't it? Because that's yeah, the, what we've got. 
Um, to a certain extent, it mirrors Mark McGee's time, I think. Uh, yeah. Time, uh, where he established us, and then we got rid of him when the football wasn't... It started great. to fall apart, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the glory of the promotion season in there, and he inherited a terrific, terrific squad of players. Um you could talk about the, the the quality of the current squad. I mean, I think it has good and bad elements to it. But um, yeah, I don't know. History will be an interesting um, judge of Gary Rowe. He's not been bad, but he's not been brilliant either. In, no, in exactly. Um, so that's an int- interesting mix. It's kind of a middling. But you should be careful what you wish for because we have to get this appointment right. Well, we do. Let's look at the, the runners and riders. I've literally just screenshotted the Sky Bet um, page on, on the next permanent mill manager, Neil. And favourite, um, we'll, we'll start with a favourite and go downwards, I think. Um, that six to four, um, favourite at the moment is Kevin Muscat, which is an interesting. I mean, the, whether the bookmakers have any inside track on this, I, I don't know. They must they must have something. But... Yeah, well, our listeners are about to have an inside track up until from somebody in football that there has been contact. Right, okay. Well, there we are then. So that makes him a favourite for Kevin Musket. Followed uh, 64 Kevin Musket. I'm going to sound like uh, was it John McCurick for the older listeners. Uh, three to one Michael Bill, four to one John Eustace and Adam Barrett, who takes us to Preston tomorrow's joint eights with uh, with Nathan Jones. Um, but Musket sounds like um, he's he's a clear a clear leader. It's going to be an interesting choice, Neil, if if that does indeed turn out to be so, doesn't it? Yeah, well, let's face it, it is an attractive job for somebody. Yeah. We are, we are an established championship side. Yeah. We've got a chairman who hopefully mirrors his father and was very patient, mm. was a good chairman, and we've got no reason to think why he wouldn't be. Building this training ground, hopefully it gets off the ground. Yeah. We just need to get other aspects of the club moving in the right direction. Okay, we haven't got the biggest budget, but I think that's taken into account. I think that's why you're given quite a lot of rope, aren't you? By yeah, um, uh, it's something we have to get right. I don't want Beal. No, you I'm mentioned Beal the other day when we when we yeah. spoke on on the other show, Neil. And I'd I mean, have Cindy Beal in charge to be quite honest, <laughs> yeah, because I think I think this bloke has got absolutely zero loyalty. Uh, yeah, as he proved with QPR, yeah, he got the top job at QPR, then was straight off to Rangers as soon as somebody made him the offer. There's an he interesting was, um, sequence in the. Um... In the the interview with Son on on the loyalty question, the point you're making there about Beal, um, but uh, Gary Rowett obviously at one point had a reputation of being uh, a similar kind of figure in that way, Neil, didn't he? Um, overly ambitious. I think Rowett used that word himself about you know moving on, dumping dumping clubs to get the bigger club, that kind of thing. When he went to Stoke, um, and he, he, you know I think now you know he kind of learned his lesson a little bit, as he as he, he might put it, of um, building something. Whether Beale would learn that similar lesson or not, I don't know. I mean, Musket is an interesting choice if that's where we if that's where we go to. Um, we all remember Kevin Musket, the player, Neil, and we all know what you know what um, what that means. And he only got to look for his 
Wikipedia entry, to, uh, I think it's 12 red cards over his career, and I can't remember, it was over 100 yellow cards. So he's known as being, um, you know, a, a, a tough, tough player, to put it lightly. I mean, he was a very good player as well. That's the other side of the Kevin Musket coin, and I'm going to presume and hope that that's the kind of side of him that he's taken into football management because you can't just be you can't just be a stereotype hard man in, in management. You've got to have the soft side as well. Yeah, that's right. But he has to be the right appointment. We've got to forget this sentimentality. Yeah. Uh, he has to be the right person for the job. People will point, oh, well, he won stuff when he was assistant of Ange Postacoglu. In, mm-hmm. uh, you can say his name. I, I struggled with his name in the previous show. Exactly. Yeah, but that's why I sent you the voice note. That's why you're a proper journalist and I'm just an amateur. <laughs> and he's done a good job. I think he I think he's had Yokohama or somebody. Yeah, he's had some success in Japan. Yeah. Titles. Yeah. But that doesn't mean an awful lot. This is the championship. He didn't have a great time in Belgium. I think the Centrinians or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> somebody like that is somebody horses for courses. He was ultimately overlooked for the Rangers job. Yes, he was. Yeah. So yeah, I think come over, but it has to be the right appointment. Funnily enough, I've just called up the, I've just called up the Sky Bet odds. I don't think we'll give it to Adam Barrett at eight to one. I've got to be honest. What about Emma Hayes at sixteens? You're you're you're, you're uh, known for your woke views, Neil. I mean, would that that would be quite? You radical. know what? Yeah, she's actually twenty five to one. At she's one. moved out of sixteens when I uh, snapshotted it earlier on. Yeah, well, bet Victor have got her at twenty five. Twenty five. I think she will take a job in 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 uh, managing a men's team. Yeah. At some point, I know that she. Uh, she had the chance to go to AFC Wimbledon, I think, last season. Right. Has a sights on loftier things. Funnily right. enough, I was thinking this when I saw her at 25 to 1 yesterday. The Wokarati would love it. You would get all <laughs> kinds of sponsorship and attention. But. I don't think Millwall is the right job for her. The names I'm looking at here, I'm just looking at this 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 um, betting list here. Musket, Beal, Eustace. Eustace obviously has, has done well at Birmingham, and so I suppose he's the one that brings the most um, uh, credentials, if you want to put it that way, to the table. Um, whether he'd be interested in coming to Millwall or not, and whether he'd be the right choice, I, I don't know, listeners. I generally don't. Adam Barrett, we've... We've had in place for a while. He seems to be making a pitch. He put a, 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 a shot of video in the gym yesterday, talking about the, the what he wants from the team going forwards. I don't. No, sorry, he yeah, well, he isn't for me. This isn't a first timer's job. Well, this is this is what takes. I mean, you know, we've been talking about Emma Hayes, for example. I know she's proven in women's football, but. Um, it is a big stage, and I think there's going to be a balance between trying to find the the unknown diamond, you know, so the the Ange Postacoglu idea that you find somebody from Aussie football who can then make it in in, in English football is an appealing one. But there's also got they've got to balance that with the the what if, you know, um, 
Gary Rowett did bring some proven ability to manufacture and achieving if dull teams, and you know that that must play part of the you know play part of the, the James Berylson's thinking here. I would I would imagine. Mark Kennedy's an interesting one, though. Neil fourteen to one on my on my screenshot here. Um, you mentioned him at Le- uh, leaving Lincoln the other day. Yeah, I again don't think he's got enough experience. Nathan Jones at eight to one's interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. He, although he's another, he isn't he another Gary Rabbit type? Did very well at Luton, didn't he? And then went to Stoke and did nothing. didn't do much at Stoke or Southampton. Was he at Southampton as well? Then I think he went back to Luton, or was it the other way around? Can't remember. And uh, went to Southampton on absolutely astronomical money, as you do when you're in the Premier League. Mm. And lasted what six weeks or something, didn't they? Yeah, so there might be a little bit of there might be a little bit of uh, he might want to write that wrong. Dean Smith at 16 to one, not for me. Ryan Mason at 16 to one, yeah. very highly rated at Tottenham, has had a couple of spells in charge of Tottenham, yeah, but again, a uh, bit of a gamble. Warnock at 18s. Ten years ago, I'd have bit your hand off for him. Yeah, he's he's, he's was seven in his seventies. Not that his age should be any particular barrier, nor nor should you know any other factor in it being realistic. But it does Jim it does make Gordon. you think, you know. Goodwin, um, God knows who he is. Is, is he more? Is he is he doing the ironing at, at the in the kit room or something? I don't know. He's starting yeah, to get yeah. that feel about Johnny it. Barton's intriguing. That's one. Can you, imagine, can you imagine Joey Barton having a row with them? Oh, mate. No, I can't imagine that. Um, um, the whole of the ground would pile. Oh, mate. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I think that once you start getting down to, like, Emma Hayes and below, yeah, it's a bit of a you're in, You're into the, the silly season, as uh, Joby McEnough put it in one in, in a poorly judged interview the other day. Um, it's going to be interesting. 25 to 1, absolutely zero chance, is there really? <laughs> Lee Bowyer, 25 to 1. Lee because of his Charlton, his Charlton linkage, that's right, and and yeah, I mean, you know, these these things have to be. Steve Morrison, twenty five to one. There's more chance of me, you, and Harry being put in charge, <laughs> and Steve Morrison at twenty five to one. Morrison's so, do, doing doing well at Hornchurch, listeners, but at Hornchurch, that's the crucial part of that sentence. Right. He's doing so, well at Hornchurch. Thirty three to one. What idiot! Comes up with these names. Well, these are just random names, aren't they? They're, they're they are. They are. I think that. I think that the top five or six. Although I did notice we were talking about Barrett's. They do say in the in the disclaimer hmm. that a temporary or caretaker managers in charge for ten competitive games will be deemed permanent and will be settled as a winner. Right. Okay. So, whether Adam will get ten games or not, I, don't, I suppose he's got a big chance on Saturday at Preston to to impress. You know, yeah. Well, we've got three games in a week. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's almost halfway there. Well, last time he had three games in a week, I think he produced a win, a loss, and a draw, didn't he? So, <laughs> didn't get him the job. So, let's see. Um, interesting, interesting times. We have no particular insight. Although Neil was as. as, as had his contacts and Musket has apparently 
maybe nudging forward in the pack. Let's 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 see, Neil. Um, Neil, we're going to cut over now to the uh, conversation that you and I did the other day, which is about the FA charges that were levelled at Mill, which we pled guilty to. So we're going to close this little introduction, which is a re-record, because a lot of what we said the other day was, was superseded. Um, and then we're going to cut over now to Neil's and I my conversation the other day regarding the recent FA versus Millwall case hearing. So uh, thank you for joining me this morning, Neil. That's an absolute pleasure. Are we not doing a pundit games question today, then, Nick? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, actually, I did have one, and I, I, I got straight into the action. Let's let's do a pundit games question. Punditgames.co.uk. Every time you buy the uh, the number one football quiz games, the number one Millwall show, and it's the number one football quiz board game. Christmas looms, dear listeners. But there's a drop down. You select uh, Millwall as your team, and the Lions Food Hub gets. Uh, a nice little payout if we sell enough of these games. So that's why we do this. That's why we do the show. And we give you a taster question in each edition. So just to close this bit, I'll read the answer. I'll give you the answer straight afterwards, actually, because I won't really be able to slide it in at the end. But um, So, Neil, this is from the English football Premier League in the 2000s. This is a Paraguayan who was a prolific um, goal scorer at um, Blackburn. Prolific. He scored 23 goals at Blackburn in 2007 to 2009 uh, he joined manchester city 2009 to 13 played just 20 times and scored three times not so successful at blackburn uh to manchester city rather sorry uh then went back to spanish football malaga betis and then on to um uh, south american football cruz azul and olympia and libertad so paraguayan played for blackburn Late 2008, uh, moved to Manchester City in a big money move in 2009, where he was less successful. Um, and then go, went to Spanish and South American football after that. Played for the Paraguayan national team 112 times between 1999 and 2016, 32 goals. And the answer to that question, if you don't know it, Neil? I don't, actually. I've not got a Scooby. The answer to that question, listeners, if you haven't got a Scooby, or if you do have a Scooby, you'll know that it was Roque Santa Cruz. Roque Santa Cruz played for Blackburn um, 2007 to 9, 57 times in the Premier League, 23 goals. Manchester City, 20 times, three goals. Then back briefly to Blackburn on loan, and then off to Spain and South America. Roque Santa Cruz. So, for that and more questions like it, go to punditgames.co.uk and select your meal drop-down so the Lions Food Hub gets their nice little payday. Neil, thank you for joining me, mate. We're going to cut over now to the FA inquiry conversation from the other day. Until the next edition, listeners, arrivederci, meal all. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Achtung, Mailball. On to the main reason for you and me speaking, which is um, this very strange, in my opinion, um, charge, FA charge that we've had this week over alleged, I still say alleged sectarian chanting at the game versus Wigan and Millwall played on the 22nd of April. It was a 2 1 win for Wigan. It was an awful performance by the Lions that day, listeners. And I know that because I was there and I actually did a show um, and I might stick the link out for that. It's not worth listening to for the football, but it is worth listening to for whatever you can pick up of the crowd noise because um, this is a strange, in my opinion, charge that we've pleaded guilty to. The club has pleaded guilty to um, three alleged um, incidents where James McLean, the Panto villain, um, who I think brings as much to the party as he gets back. But anyway, there we are. But there, it's the allegation, Neil, is that in th- on three occasions, namely the 8th, the 12th and the 45th minute of a game, first half then, um, en masse, and I want to come back to that word, en masse, this is in the 27-page report, listeners, I've read through it so that you don't have to, um, there's an en masse chant from the Millwall supporters, as they put it, of fuck the Pope and the IRA, I bought a flute for 50 pence and the only thing that I could play was fuck the Pope and the IRA, and this, this chant is repeated, allegedly, in the 8th, 12th and 45th minute. Now, one thing I will say, Neil, and, you know, I'm, I'm not in a position to oppose their, their video footage. Apparently, this is based on video footage supplied to the FA by Wigan Athletic. Um, we're not going to see it. We're never going to hear it. And it doesn't even exist now because one of the things that did make me laugh is that this parish has been deleted now, so you, no one could ever see it if they wanted to. But I didn't hear that. And as we were saying just off air before we started speaking, um, I've been around the Millwall track plenty of times and I kind of know what, you, what you're going to hear when you go to plays in. We all know what um, James McLean brings when he, when he takes the field and we, knows, we all know what gets said. Um, certainly there was, there was abuse towards him. I didn't hear that song. I bought a flute for 50 pence. The only thing I could play was Fuck the Pope and the IRA. Never heard that one at Millwall in my life. Um, I don't know if any listeners out there agree with that or... Um, if they have heard it, or some people think it's the most brilliant thing in the world to sing, I've seen stuff on on Twitter that, that think think that. I've never heard it, and I didn't hear it at Wigan. So I'm slightly amazed that this charge has been accepted by the club. Well, I think it, I think it's pretty spineless to accept it unless it is particularly audible, and they've thought, well, yeah, but it's pointless. Yeah, but it's pointless. Yeah, defend the charge if it is sung and they have picked it up somehow. Uh, maybe they've just thought. But I think that really, I think the FA are out for us. I think they've. I think we've got. Well, I agree murder. there. Yeah, yeah. 
with one or two things, and I think we should just give them a sum of money at the start of the season and say, there you go, that's fine in advance. Because it seems as if they're determined to nail us for something. You've got far worse happens inside the football ground. I know tragedy chanting, as they call it, There's a big thing. Uh, Liverpool uh, cause national outrage with their antics when it comes to the national anthem and through minute silences and whatever else and you must not go down that path anyway Uh, no but it just seems that there's far worse goes on inside football grounds and from researching the 87-88 season you could see that the, the club got a hell of a lot of bad publicity back then. Okay, some of it was probably quite right. Uh, we probably did some things that we shouldn't have done. Mm. But there's always been this thing that we've got to get Millwall for something. We've got to nail Millwall for something. And uh, I think we've got off with a couple of things in the past, haven't we? I think we have. I mean, I mentioned the Everton incident from uh, the FA Cup game 2019, I think that was. Um, the strangeness of this, um, I mean, having gone through all 27 pages of it, I've, I've got loads of um, highlighted bits. I don't want to go through the whole thing. But what what I, what I struck me is the, the, the end part of this is there's no financial penalty. Because Mill, I think, have accepted this and have... This, you know, put their hands up to this happening, and we haven't and never will hear the video clips that we're going to allege this song being sung, which I didn't hear. And I don't know if anyone else out there heard it, but maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. But the allegation rests on, on, on the on the on the set wording, and that is the volume of the chanting. This is directly from the um, BFA report. In the, in the video footage, the offensive chanting is clearly audible and involves a very substantial number of Mill supporters chanting the phrases complained of, this business of the Pope and the IRA. Um, the volume of the chanting leads to the inevitable conclusion that a, cons- a very considerable number of Mill supporters engaged in the religious the religious discriminatory chanting. It, that's the thing that's um, that this rests on. Yeah, but it's um, aspects of it, isn't it? The Pope part of it, yeah. Say um, like about James McLean. Uh, and well, let's face it, it is warranted. I've seen pictures of him on his Instagram sitting down in a balaclava. I've seen that, yeah, his... with like IRA style <laughs> balaclava. It, yeah. That's just that's just he's got, he's got a tattoo which he displayed. I mean, he showed his, yeah. I presume it was the tattoo, I was too far away to see, showing his, yeah. his ass to the Millwall fans when yeah. they were going to take a corner. It's some. It's something to do with dairy of Sunday Bloody Sunday or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's the free dairy um, mural. He's got it tattooed um, on his leg. So, um, so he's complicit in an awful lot of this, to be honest. And he won't wear a poppy. They played the national anthem at a pre-season friendly. Again, I don't know why anybody would do that. But he turned hmm. his back on it, yeah? Hmm. So... It's no surprise that football fans' conscience, which is Millwall fans, <laughs> in our role as national conscience, yeah, yes. of football fans, yeah, <laughs> which we seem to have adopted that role of 
<laughs> we do, we do, we do. The moral policemen yeah. of football. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. That we get into more trouble for that than he does of provoking via Instagram, uh, showing. And yeah, but let's be frank. If he showed that tattoo to Millwall fans, it's to provoke us. Well, that's right. So, um, yeah, well, maybe that was taken into account, although it's, it's probably not mentioned in the report. I mean, what I would say to this is my view, listeners, and you can you know call me Mister Mister Wokery or whatever you want to call me. I don't know, but you are entitled in this society that where we we still is largely you are still free to hold whatever opinions you choose to the the problem comes down to where you display those opinions and put them in front of people's face so you know were i to turn my back on the irish national anthem which i wouldn't do because i would respect it would i were i to run along in front of irish fans with a i don't know uh trying to think a union jack um tattoo or some depiction of some atrocity or something showing it to them and you know um, if I was to conduct myself in that way, let me put it that way, I would expect there to be a torrent of abuse directed at me. Um, he is entitled not to wear a poppy. I, I, I think you have, everyone has that um, choice. It's not. It shouldn't be ever. Play. Yeah, well, that's fair play. We're in a society where you can pick and choose what. I don't agree with that choice, but that's his. That's his. His call. I, I, I've bought a poppy all of my life, and I will continue to do so. But that's his choice. Um, and the same with, you know, whatever you may think of another country or another national anthem or whatever. I think there's a certain decorum that says, you know, you see it in the international matches, you stand with, not quite to attention, it's not military, but you stand with, you know, to, to, to respect the anthem. Um, and I don't like it, particularly when other countries' anthems are booed in internationals. I know it's become part of the um, the thing and people laugh about it, but it don't, don't do anything for me. But um, anyway, he's, he's entitled to his opinions, and I, I wouldn't ever deny anyone, you know, no matter how um, much I would agree or disagree with them, and I don't agree with, with a, a lot of his opinions, but you can't expect that to display those allegiances, Neil, and not draw a comment back. Because that seems to, it seems to rest on this idea that en masse, and I, it certainly wasn't en masse uh, at Wigan, because I, I can say that because I was there. I would love to that there was this definition of en masse. Means because oh, no. it must mean the majority. It must. It's got to mean a substantial. And so well, that would be a vast majority of those four thousand fans, or however many we took. There was, I think, there was twelve hundred that went up there, and so you've got to be talking at least a third of them. I don't know what would all mess mean in that situation. Now there was no way on earth. I mean, there was plenty of abuse. Don't get me wrong, listeners. I'm not a not a naive man, you know, I've followed the line since the early 70s, so I know what gets said. And we, we do have some fans that have this bizarre, um, in my opinion, allegiance with Scottish football. Now, they, they seem to want to... Rangers and Millwall is the thing. I, I, Glasgow Rangers means nothing to me. I, it never has done. I, I don't quite understand why people want to draw a link with... Um, I think it's sectarianism. You know, I think it's all to do with the... With the Union Jack, I don't know. I don't understand it, and I don't particularly care, <laughs> to be quite no. honest. It, it, yeah, well, I'm with you. It doesn't mean very much to me. Yeah, but I don't like politics very much, and I certainly don't like religion. So, 
No. <laughs> the, the dragging of the Pope is a new one. I've, I've never, ever come across that at the den. Um, apparently, that, that's I mean, it's one of the, the club's points back. They've accepted the charge, listeners, so they, they, it's guilty, Your Honour, so to speak. It's not a court of law. but Yeah, well, I guess if there's video evidence... If there's video evidence, but we've not heard that. Yeah. Um, I can only say what I heard. You have to accept it, to be quite honest. If you present it with audio of those yeah. be, or that song being sung, then... I'd love to hear that. I'd love... No, I'm, that's the wrong way to put it, listeners, but I, I didn't hear no, it. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, we, and I'd like... With evidence, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I would. I would like to hear that because it's got past me. And if it's sung on that on three occasions, then on three occasions, I know that I'm getting past me. My sixties now, Neil, and you know, you, you start to lose your sensory faculties a little bit. But it certainly beat me. I didn't hear it. Um, and as the club has said, there's never ever been an issue with sectarian chanting at Mill before or since. And that's one thing that I would say because um, by accepting these charges, and maybe if it's on video okay, you've got to put your hand up and say, there it is. Um, but it, it, it kind of, in the eyes of the world, and you see all the usual, I know it's no one likes us and we don't care, so why do we give a shit? But we are not a sectarian club. We will accept anyone. If you're playing for the Millwall show and give 100%, I don't. I genuinely believe this, that Millwall fans will not care who you are, where you come from, or what your religion or anything else is, if you're giving 100%. You know, we can all think of good examples of players like that over the years from all, all countries. So, but by accepting this, it says that we we have a sectarian problem at the den, and I don't believe we do. I generally don't believe believe that because you know, I just think it was a one off because of James McLean, and hopefully we don't play, uh, we don't draw Wrexham in the FA Cup where he is now. Yeah, he's going down the leagues now, and he? he's on, uh, finding his level, so to speak. Yeah, despite um, him hating Britain and everything that Britain stands for, he play for another British club. I don't yeah. get that. But I just think it's just one of those things that you've just got to almost just, yeah, fair enough. The good thing is they haven't sanctioned us as such. I guess, There's no financial penalty, no. Yeah. no only an action plan, which, you know, we... we Action plans, um, we've got plenty of those already. At the but I'm not sure um, how a club can be held responsible. They can do many things inside the football ground, apart mm. from tying electrolytes to your bollocks when you walk in there. <laughs> or, or, or tipping bird shit over you, like, okay, yeah. the block one. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> automatically then lights up and uh, gives you a jolt every time you you, you trip a sensor that's sent the uh, that's got pre-programmed words in it there's not an awful lot you can do i did think at plymouth that the next chance to get us into trouble will be mm. take it up the arse yes 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 that will that will fall foul of, of um yeah even yeah. though it's not meant I mean, to be in a yeah it's, it's, meant, it's, meant as, it's meant as working class humor which is rough and ready and it's built on the uh the building site where you give as good as you get this kind of yeah approach industrial let's call it that you know but you know what i mean by that um and we do in many people's eyes, we do represent something 
football has changed. I mean, you know, let's state the obvious. Um, and this this particular case that we're talking about here with the, the McLean thing is it's an interesting one because when you read the meat of the of the um, of the report. Mill actually checked with the EFL representative, and who knew that they have an, an EFL representative for these matters, but they do, as to whether anti-IRA chance, which I did hear, and I wouldn't ever, you know, I'm not going to pretend I didn't, um, whether that falls foul of any um, guidelines. And, and the answer to that is no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it they're a terrorist organisation. I checked that they, they are still a prescribed terrorist. I looked on gov.uk. I thought, well, are they? I don't know. We've had the whole the peace process in in Ireland, you know. But yes, they are listeners. They're they're on there with the all the, all the, the unsavoury groups you can think of in this in this world, and there there they are. So they're a prescribed terrorist organisation. Yeah, Mill um, to be added to that list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated with the whole Pope part. I mean, it's like we've got some kind of theological group that are campaigning for the, you know, for the, was it, someone said the anti-popes of the 15th century. Maybe they're in favour of the alternative popes that used to set up in, in France and places. I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway, apparently we checked out uh, and the, the, the reply came back from the EFL that um, the, the chant, I, th- I suppose if they're directed at a person, it might become a problem. I don't know, because that can take you into it being a, a you know a directed at an individual allegations i suppose but anyway um so yeah it's it, it's it's a strange one the whole thing is a very strange event and we've we've said guilty and the outcome of that is no financial penalty which whereas i was reading that barnsley and blackpool have both been done for similar um sectarian chanting as it was described and um, they've been fined twenty and thirty thousand pounds respectively, respectively. So uh, we haven't had any financial. I wonder whether we've said guilty, um, so that we don't get, you know, maybe, maybe you don't get you don't get a fine for it. Um, I don't know. Um, I had to laugh at one point, which was uh, on the morning of the fixture. And I'm reading directly from the report here. On the morning of the fiction, we will see CEO Steve Kavanagh discuss the issue, which is the chances of James McLean being abused and uh, someone crossing a line within that abuse with an influential supporter and in, this supporter said they would try and have a word with supporters in the away section I mean, who was that it wasn't me listeners i can tell you that much because i don't think i carry any influence with anyone neil do you agree <laughs> yeah but some people would call you an influencer nicholas but, uh, <laughs> well, i'm certainly not going to walk around the away section at wigan asking people not to sing naughty songs so this, this, i'm not going to do that for anyone yeah but nobody seems <laughs> to know who it is i've spoken to no. a couple of well-known uh influential fans <laughs> find out if it was them and they're certainly not adhering oh, to it. Dear. I'm just wondering if it's uh, if it's a bit of face dressing from Millwall. Somebody, yeah, I'd love to. Have, <laughs> somebody did put up a couple of rather rather <laughs> unusual names, and one certainly has got no influence, and the other one's <laughs> only got a bit of influence if it pays. I think. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but that did make me laugh. I think it was something that Millwall have concocted to, to almost say that we tried to head this off at the pass. We have something yeah. to influential support. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me. <laughs> no one takes any notice of me. <laughs> you imagine somebody being sent around uh, the, the yeah. 
JJB or whatever it's called these days to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, excuse me, chaps, can we not direct any abuse at... Uh, yeah, well, the, that nice Mr. McLean with, yeah. with his tattoo on his leg and his, uh, yeah, and his well-known we views. Yeah, but can we forget all of the paedophilic uh, assistance that's come <laughs> from the Catholic Church and the fact that they are... Uh, and the football industry itself. Let's, 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 yeah, you know, whatever. Escape from <laughs> Gothis to uh, South America during the war, because after all, we don't want to... Well, we don't want to run foul of... Uh, Oh, EFL <laughs> number three, do we? Honestly, I think that they have to be seen to be doing something to this woke organ to this woke world, don't they? Uh, yeah, but it doesn't help when you've got uh, when you still have all of these things rammed down your throat. So, I see that last night they had a minute silence for a second game running. For Israel and two people that were killed yeah. in Belgium, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it it just gets to a stage where I don't know if it. No, I I, with, I thought this, but I'm weary of it. Any time there is something, I I yeah, well, I just think, oh no, not again. Didn't we have something before a game recently? I mean, I'm. I'm you know, I hate to say, because it is a dehumanising thing to say this, that, you know, you, there is so much bad news going on at the moment. There's so many atrocities around the world, and we all know what these these are. We come to football for an escape from it. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm being naive in saying this, Neil, but we had, um, I don't know what it was. It wasn't a minute's silence. It was, it was, it can't have been applause, but it was for the Moroccan earthquake. Um, which is a terrible thing, you know, and Tunisia and Algeria, Moroccan, off, and I, you know, I, I don't, it don't was, diminish yeah. that. But what's it got to do with, what's it got to do with football and what's it got to do with, with the Football League, a fixture, you know, I mean, whole, whole city. Well, you know, I, football has, football seems to see itself as some kind of conscience. We've, we've joked already about me all being the moral policeman of football, but, I think football itself sees itself as such, but then it's picky about what it what it chooses to back and not back. So it does. It, it, yeah, it's like this thing about painting the or lighting the Wembley arch up in the in blue and white, wasn't it, for the Israel flag? Week. Yeah, and yeah, it's just all this virtue signal. It's can you out virtue signal the next person? Like, I don't mind minutes applause for something that's worthy of it, yeah? But brings us quite now. They stopped the game after 44 minutes at Plymouth for somebody that... that oh, this is the fan who died there, wasn't it? The, 40, the, the Very sad, but yeah. It's 44 minutes in... I, I, I don't get why, quite, yeah, quite funnily enough, we're in the 44th minute of recording this podcast. <laughs> Let's have an applause for something, come on. No, but they stopped... <laughs> Yeah, but we have a minute's applause for my reputation because I'm not seen as having any influence. <laughs> yeah, well, we've actually managed to get through 44 minutes talking about nothing, really. Uh, but to me, it just seems far more appropriate to have something before the start of the game rather than stop yeah. the game a minute in and interrupt the flow of play to have a. Yeah, well, it's somehow. No, I agree. It's crept agree. in and they say, oh, it's respectful. No, it's more respectful to have it at the start of the game, because during the game, 
I'm invested in the game. No, I agree, I agree. Um, to have a minute's applause. No, I, I think footballers, I mean, I was, I was thinking to the past, you can't build your whole world on what happened in the past. But if a major football figure passed away, then there was a minute's silence. So the, 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 the minute's applause probably is better because otherwise, as soon as you have a silence, it's begging there to be to be shouted over by some somebody somewhere. So it will happen. At some, some wag will shake to his mate. Yeah. All those so the minute's applause has its place. But it, for me... Personally, keep it to football or major, major figures such as the Queen when she passed away or something. I don't know. But you can't react to every single incident. And, and, and you're right, this this thing of, um, you know, stopping the game for to allow applause, very strange, very strange indeed. Um, I think we've probably run out of... Um, yeah. We've run out of gas on this particular conversation. Rage. <laughs> if we, we'll probably have another FA report now, um, you know. But no fine uh, listeners from all but an action plan. Maybe we'll have an action plan for our show. Yeah, we certainly won't be getting a BAFTA or a football <laughs> or a football supporters association award, Nick. I think after this show. No, I've, I've not really got involved in that. Um, I, I, I did have a conversation with the, the, the um, that Mill podcast that put themselves forward for the Football Supporters Association Awards, and I think they put TT, um, who does some good stuff. And there's, there's in, in their different ways, all of the various Mill podcasts do, in my opinion, a valuable service. They give people different different approaches, and that's that's what it's all about. But I've I've decided, Neil, that I'm not going to go chasing after these ball balls because they are just ramps to sell tickets to overpriced dinners um exactly, and, 100%. Um, that's all it is that's all it is um, and they're stitched up um yeah but let's be honest it's done on a fans vote yeah and the clubs that win it are clubs with bigger support bases than we've got so yeah. quite honestly it's just a waste of fucking time I went to the um, the event, it was a couple of years ago, just after COVID had kind of finished, so it was the first time you could go out really without having, your, uh, having to wear a mask and all that business. And it was just, we, we managed to whittle the, the ticket price, which started about £180 a person or something like that. In the end, I got it down to 100 quid, and I took my wife to this dinner over at a hotel in uh, Kensington. And honestly, I thought the main course there, Neil, was the starter because it was so little food. You know, you, you it, it was one of those events where you needed to have stopped off at McDonald's or certainly you would stock up, stop at McDonald's on the way home because you weren't going to be eating much. Um, the, 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 the wine was piss poor, listeners. You know, I'm not a judge of wine, but I know when it's pony and that was pony. Um, and the whole thing was just way, way over uh, overhyped. And AFTV were there. They were winning stuff. And uh, the whole thing, and Fogden, this bloke called Fogden, oh, Jesus, it was, the whole yeah, thing was awful. A bloke from North London who supports Bolton, whose old man's worth a few quid, so yeah. he's actually got a following. Mate, it's just, it's full of people that, I, mate, I watched uh, the Misfits boxing the other night because I was quite interested. The online, the the, the, the influencers that fight each other. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Fury against KSR. Yeah. Was quite interested in it to be honest, yeah. and total hands up. But the people on the undercard, I think I'd heard of one of them, <laughs> and that was and that was uh, the Paul brother. 
Yeah. yeah. I'd heard of him, but I haven't heard of anyone else. It seems to be only fans prostitutes who want to earn a few quid. Uh, but I haven't heard of half of these people. No. They certainly don't influence me to do anything, apart from no. not to find out who they are, because I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> it's just, oh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just the modern world, isn't it? As, as we've said, I think you have to accept that these people are the are the Morecambe and Wise of our day, really, aren't they? And yeah, we do work stars, but yeah. the modern day, the modern day equivalent. I never thought of it that way, but that's a good good way to to uh, to think of it. I think we'll close it there, Neil. I'm going to try and influence you all out there, listeners. I, I didn't get the call from Steve Cavanagh, but I'll try and influence you now. Stop stop with the anti-popery business. <laughs> Don't do it, kids. Yeah, but I think it's safe to say that it won't be happening again, Nick, and it won't be. <laughs> That's all down to me. It's all down to me. And that, that... <laughs> nice one. Great talking to you, Neil Fistler. Thank you, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem, Nick. Achtung. Millwall. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.